Welcome to Talking Nutritionally. I'm Ellie McLean, your host and nutritionist. Through this podcast, I hope to connect you with the answers to your biggest nutrition-related questions. Each week, I interview experts in their field from training to hormone health, fertility, body composition, metabolic health, gut health, and so much more. We cover it all because it all influences you achieving peak health and performance. I hope you enjoy tuning in each week. If you do, please be sure to follow me for more via Instagram at Nutritionally. And please also be aware that this show is not intended to treat or diagnose any health conditions. And if you do need tailored support, please explore more at nutritionally.com. In episode 14, I welcome Jacintha Field. She is a mother, family and child counsellor, art therapist, level 3A Reiki practitioner, breathwork coach, meditation teacher certified by One Giant Mind, and Certified Integrative Nutrition and Holistic Health Coach. In this episode, Jacintha talks us through her incredible journey of self-transformation from a party-going, alcohol-drinking, burnt-out business owner to a deeply happy, non-alcohol-drinking, beach-loving, glowing, single mother of one and founder of 21 Days to Self-Love Programme. Her story is incredibly inspiring, and if you're in need of a little more self-love and respect, if you need to get better at saying no, if you need to be less of a people pleaser, if you need to feel your heart glow, if you need to put yourself under less pressure to be something you are not, this episode is for you. Her next program begins September 1st, and I've popped details in the show notes. In the meantime, enjoy this episode. Hi, Jacinta. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Ellie. Um, now, I know I know a bit about your background, but my listeners may not. Uh, we're going to have a conversation today, all things self-love, which I know you're an expert in, but I think it would be awesome if you could share a bit of your personal and professional background, you know, all of the things that have brought you to being an expert in this area. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so I have a pretty vast background. Um, I used to work in PR and events. So I worked on really big projects at Crown and um, Melbourne Storm and I loved it. Like I had a ball, um, but my confidence level within myself wasn't very nice. I wasn't very kind to myself. I would say horrible things. I remember my mum always saying when I was a kid, oh, she said, you're just not kind to you. You're just not, you're not nice. And I'd say things like, you're a loser to myself and mm. that and I know my friends it was a a discussion of endearment we'd call each other losers and there's a part of me that believed that so it was horrible like I was horrible to myself and somebody once said to me if you wouldn't say something to somebody else you shouldn't be saying it to yourself mm. and working in crown and working in big corporations like I was under constant pressure all the time and so I put so much additional pressure on myself to be the perfect, in inverted commas, the mm. perfect person, the perfect worker. I wanted to do the best job I possibly could. And then when I stopped working in those jobs, I started my own PR and um, events agency uh, and social media. So I had that to go into. I also had a child during that time. So I was a new mum with a PR and social media business working around the clock up until like one o'clock in the morning, then up with my child all night. I had five accidents throughout the year and I just really fell apart. Like it wasn't, it wasn't lighting up my soul. I was like working to live, not living. 
And yeah. during those times, I, I was putting everyone else first, everyone else's needs first, everyone, like my child, my um, family, my friends. I was trying to people please because I didn't have that love within myself. So I'd always give it out to others, but I wouldn't give it to me. And I did this for years on years on end. I wanted everyone to like me. You know, if, if I did this for somebody, I oh, would be really good friends. And it was that people pleasing um, that I, I just needed to change. I knew something needed to change. So when my son was three, I had a moment as a mum that he would go to everyone else over me. And when I'd come home from a meeting or work, he would look to other people and he wouldn't actually come to me. And I, was, I had this moment saying, this is too much. I can't do this. I, I can't, this is not who I want to be. So I had to switch gears because I was falling apart. Like I was so angry all the time. I, I just wasn't myself. And so I switched gears when my son was three and I studied integrative nutrition to become a holistic health coach because as a mother, I, when I think about my motherhood, I was always going to be the most present, beautiful mom, the, the earth mother, getting in nature. And I wasn't doing that. I was working to pay bills and not living at all. And it was awful. It was not nice for my child. I wasn't being the best mother that I possibly could be. And so, yeah, I started studying integrative nutrition, become a holistic health coach. So all about gut health, as we know, Ellie, mm -hmm. started studying um, to really work on myself. And during right. those times, it's like you have this big moment of learning these new things, these new tools, these new ways of living. And I just loved it. I started eating quite healthy. I've always been quite healthy mm. and maybe I went a little bit too healthy for a little while, but I, I just really started to nourish myself from the inside out and doing mm. things for myself. I do have a massage, which is an Ayurvedic massage. And I would start to light my cup up. I would write mantras and affirmations around the house. You know, I'm enough. I'm, I'm loved. And I'd really start just really slowly being kind to me, watching and witnessing my thought process. Am I being kind in this moment to me? Would I say this to someone else that needs to stop? Mm. Um, during that time, I had massive body issues too. I would work, work and work and work out constantly all the time, look at myself in the mirror, be horrible to myself. And so slowly over the time, I just changed my talk. I changed the way that I thought about myself. I changed the way I saw myself. Because everyone else would tell me, oh, you've got such a great body and whatever. And I'd be like, no, I don't. I don't at all. Like, I remember one time, actually, <laughs> I ate a packet of rice cakes and I was like, oh my God, who eats a whole packet of rice cakes? Mm. It's like, well, it's not something we do every day, but there's no problems if we do that once. Like, that's not a big deal. Mm. But I was so hard on myself because I was playing this perfect version of myself because I wanted to be loved. Yeah. And as you go through time, you realize that that love comes within. So it doesn't come externally to yourself. And I've gone through this huge journey of transformation, especially in the last kind of four or five years where I stopped drinking six years ago. Drinking didn't fill me up. Drinking's actually a depressant. So if we drink too much, I used to party a lot. I used to drink a lot. And I would wake up on a Sunday morning and think, this is not the life that I want. I don't want to be hungover eating KFC on a Sunday morning. I just don't want this. And so, yeah, when I became pregnant, I completely stopped drinking. My son's now eight. So um, when he was 18 months, I had one night out. And after that, I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done. This isn't my insides good. This isn't, it's affecting my gut health. It's affecting me as a human. 
and I just needed to stop. Now, it was not socially acceptable by the people around me, all my party peers, and I remember somebody saying to me, um, oh, I went to a music concert and I was like, no, I'm not drinking. And I saw him like at, at an event a couple of months later and I said, he goes, oh, you think you're so good because you're not drinking. And I said, no, I don't think I'm good. It's, I don't, I love, I loved the time that I had. I met some beautiful people, but that's not who I want to be inside. He said, yeah, but it's just the way you say it. And it was just me stopping drinking was very triggering for people around me. And if I did come across as thinking I was more pretentious or above people, that was not my intention. Mm. My intention was that I almost had this element of anxiety telling people because I knew that it wasn't accepted by people. So that's when I really started to do things for myself and really truly inside internally say to myself, is this who I want to be? is this what I want to do? Is this not because of other people around me, not because somebody would say, just have one, just have one. You know, you can have one. No worries. Just have one. Mm. I didn't want one. I didn't want to drink at all. So I just started this path, um, kind of on my own, like, you know, just, just working out what I knew I wanted to do with my life as a mother, as a human in a relationship with my family and just really started finding my voice. And mm. I learned to say no. I learned to say no to other people. Well, I feel like saying no to alcohol would be one of, you know, it's a, I'm not going to say it's one of the most, but it's a really challenging environment to learn to say no in. You know, I've been, I've been through, you know, the same sort of process of you, as you have around alcohol and I still drink a little bit, but it's really, it, it challenges other people for you to say no. Other people think, well, what's happening to my friend and are we still going to have fun? And Is she judging me because I'm drinking alcohol? You know, they think that you're this entirely different person when you say you're not going to drink. Um, so it is really hard thing to say no to because then you worry, am I not pleasing these people because I'm not just having a drink with them? You know, you don't want to make other people feel, you know, confronted by that decision. And it's funny because when you're pregnant, it's completely acceptable. Oh yes, you're pregnant. You could you you're not drinking. I remember when I was pregnant, I was at a nightclub dancing because I was having so much fun. I still have so much fun and like to go dancing and do all of those things. I just don't need alcohol. Yeah. I don't need alcohol to do it. So um yeah, it's it's a beautiful it's a it's a really hard path to go down, but it's just about finding your voice. And that was the time when I started to find my voice and just say, no, this isn't sitting right with me. And I'd never been able to do that before. I was always like, yes, sure, no worries. You want me to do that? No problems. Let's do this. Well, you were you were in PR. You were in the business of pleasing people, right? Like you were at the beck and call of your clients and helping them to get the exposure or the message or the headline or whatever it was. I've never worked directly in PR, but I know that it's a cutthroat business where you are there to serve your clients well and truly. Yeah. And when I had my own agency, the expectations were like, I want to be on the front page of the Herald Sun. And it's like, I, that Everyone expectation. Wants to be on the front page. <laughs> well, I would almost try and get as much jobs for them as possible, but it was almost this element of them going, well, it's not enough. And so then I felt like I wasn't enough. So it's just this PR, although I love it in bits and pieces, I still do a lot for my own business, but just no, it wasn't the path that I wanted to be in. Hmm. And there was also no end points. Never stop working. 
yes, well, by the sounds of it, you definitely weren't. If you're up at, up till one and then looking after your baby boy, that sounds like it would have been incredibly difficult. And it sounds like you had to reach rock bottom to then really make a change to your life and well, your mindset. I thought that was rock bottom, but then I really hit rock bottom and then I really knew what was rock bottom. But it's... um. Yeah, I I just wanted to be the best person that I could be. And I don't always get things perfect. I don't. Um, But I just know that I will always come from a place of integrity when I can. And I make mistakes and I mess up, but it's almost having that level of acceptance that you are going to make a mistake and it's okay if you make a mistake and um, that's okay. Yeah. Mm. So then I started... um, uh, it's so integrative nutrition and holistic health coach. And then I separated and that was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to go through in my life. And so I started studying uh, to become a family and child counselor, art therapist. I'm now a kid's yoga teacher. So I changed my, my purpose. So I no longer had a job. I had a purpose and I knew through my own experiences that I've gone through so many levels of trauma in my life to be able to help others and support others through their level of trauma. Cause especially during my separation, um, you know, people want separations to be over in a couple of months or six months and like, we well, should be over it now. And there's so many deep levels when you get to separation that one bomb's dropped and then another bomb's dropped and then another bomb's dropped. And it's like, you're constantly having to move through these elements And my biggest thing was with my child. He had these huge emotions and I was like, I do not know how to deal with this. So being a problem-based solution person, I studied to help him and help me to be able to process through this. And that's why I started my 21-day self-love program to be able to support others on their journey because I didn't really feel like that I had a lot of support during my separation you know, people get to a certain point and they go, okay, well, she should be over it now, no problems. And then you get another bomb that drops. So I'm now a family and child counsellor and art therapist to be able to help other people through these moments and to be able to help children especially. I do what I do to help my own child because he's had so much to move through. We had COVID, homeschooling, separation. We moved down to the coast. He started a new school. And, yeah, but as a mum I realised that I needed to teach him how to love himself over me which means I needed to have that element of deep love within myself first, which is where we come to to me because I tell my child all the time, who do you love the most? And he'll say, you or daddy. And I'll say, no, it's you. You need to love you first, above me, above your dad, above anyone else. It's really important because these are the lessons mum learned in the hard way. And I teach him those lessons that I've learned to be able to, Imagine knowing everything as an adult that you that you do as a child as you do as an adult. Like what a beautiful tool for children to be able to have. And that's what I do now. So I do so, have a 21 day self-love program where I take people on the journey of self-love. So how do you like how do you describe self-love? Because I know a lot of people will be thinking, my God, I resonate with putting other people first and I resonate with working and mothering and not sleeping and wanting to people please and not feeling enough. A lot of people will resonate that. I just know that because I see that in a lot of my clients. Mm. And so 
this idea of self-love will be like, oh, well, I can't take time out to go get a massage and I don't want to sound like a big head by telling myself how beautiful I am. Um, but obviously that's not what self-love is. So I'd love for you to just give, you know, your little summary and description of what it is so people can connect with it a little bit more, self- a little bit more. Self-love is having that inner connection to self. It's really just listening to your intuition and just filling up your cup first. So the question I would ask to that is why can't you go get that massage? What What's mm. stopping you from going to get that massage? Well, I've got all these work. Why do you have to do the dishes? Why can't you go fill up your cup? Why do you feel the need to always please other people? And that's where the triggers are coming from. The triggers are coming mm. from habits from childhood. Most of our triggers come from. Now, a trigger is when an emotion rises within us and we are triggered by somebody else's behavior. It's actually not always, but sometimes it's it's something within you that needs to be healed. If you're triggered by some what somebody else is doing or saying, this is when you really need to look inside of yourself and say, is there something within me from my childhood or from any element of my ha- of my life that I haven't healed within me? Because this is this is moments of bliss. If somebody's in a, if you go into a supermarket and somebody looks you up and down, you automatically think, oh my gosh, she's so nasty. And they could be thinking she's so beautiful, mm. but because you don't believe that you're beautiful, you wouldn't think that anyone else would think that. Mm. So it's really noticing those moments of trigger when you're triggered by something that's happening or you see someone on an Instagram, I mean, Instagram it's not real life, but if you're getting triggered by certain behavior, go back and really delve deep into why, why you're being triggered by that certain behavior, what's happening within you, because it's never about the behavior. It's about the emotion behind it. What emotion is coming up for you? You feel like you're seen, heard and valued because if you're not, you're not in the right space. Mm. I feel like that's scary for people, you know, to stop and ask themselves, what emotion is coming up you know with with food i know it's scary for people to stop and ask themselves what emotion is coming up when they're you know not that this is the worst example but at the bottom of the rice cake packet and they've eaten it mindlessly and they're not stopping to think what emotion has what emotion is here they're usually doing what you did which is telling themselves off uh, you know, whether it be the rice cake packet, the tin tam packet, or the whole bag of apples. Like, I think um, if you're eating mindlessly, it's it's a, it's an indication that there's an emotion there that needs to be addressed. But most people aren't stopping to to think about what that emotion is that's there beneath the surface, just pushing it. Because they've got habits. These are all about creating new habits. So rather than using that element of self-talk and self-deprivation of being really unkind to yourself, take a step back and say, hey, what is this trying to teach me? And it is quite scary to go into it because sometimes we realize that we're we're the ones that are creating our own problems. We want to really um, project our problems onto other people. It's always someone else's fault, but sometimes it's it's an opportunity to go within and say, hey, is there something that I'm doing here that, that isn't showing up in my best self? Mm. And that is a really hard question, but it's a process. Like for, for you to hear it on the podcast and be able to go away and go, okay, what emotion's coming up? It's almost having an element of somebody supporting you with those emotions that are coming up, like having somebody that can listen to the emotions that are coming up. And as I've learned in time, there's not a lot of people can hold space for that. They, don't, they just want to solve your solution so you're better. They don't want to listen to actually what's happening inside of you. Mm. Um, 
one of the things that we've, I know you and I have discussed before, Ali, is, is I'm enough. Having that mantra around your house to help you first and foremost realize that you are enough, that you don't need anything more than what you have to have levels of gratitude. If you have a roof over your head, if you have food in your fridge and you have love, and that could mean love from a pet, that could leave love from a family, a partner, a child, whatever it may be, you're so lucky and grateful for what you have in your life. So we often want so much. We want so, so we want so much more. When I get that car, I'll be happy. When I get that job, I'll be happy. When I get, when I move, I'll be happy. But happiness and run the marathon, I'll be happy. Exactly. And then the marathon stops and you're like, oh, I'm still not happy. I'm actually just really sore. <laughs> like, like, what do I do next? So it's mm. just really realizing that you you are enough just the way that you are. And nobody outside of you can ever tell you that you're not enough. And if there are people surrounding you that aren't making you feel like you're enough, move away from them. Move away from those people because you don't deserve, you deserve love and respect and kindness in your life. You don't mm-hmm. deserve to be surrounded by people that bring you down all the time. Mm-hmm. So we are the five people that we surround ourselves with. So another thing, another question to ask is who am I surrounding myself with? Do I have a voice? Am I heard, seen, valued? Because as humans, we just want a con- an element of connection, growth, and belonging. That's what we need as humans to feel like we, our humanness. And I learn a lot about this in meditation. Meditation is a beautiful practice that you can do on a daily basis. If I said to newcomers, yeah, you can you meditate twice a day for 22 minutes? That's too much. You know, they're just going to say, yeah, no, I don't have the time for that. But finding the time, because we all have the time, it's just whether we find it or not. You could get up earlier in the day. You could drop your kids off at school and do it afterwards. You could do it in the afternoon before pickup. It's almost like we do with exercise. It's putting it into our day to have a level of mindfulness where it's just for you. It's connecting internally to your intuition and to yourself and really just connecting to to the inner knowing of what you already know, but connecting into what your intuition is trying to tell you. And your intuition isn't going to speak to you when you've got a checklist of a million things to do during the day and you're running here and you're running there. It's about stopping and slowing down. I saw a quote on your website that was to know ourselves, we need to love ourselves. And I guess it goes the other way around as well. You know, love ourselves, we need to know ourselves. Um, Would you look at meditation as being a tool that really helps somebody to connect themselves and learn about themselves? And what are some other tools that could be used as well? Yeah, meditation is a beautiful tool and I do, I teach a One Giant Mind meditation course and this really helps you to go back into it and dive into your, your deeper self. Um, breath work is a really good one. I do a lot of breath work with kids in practice and families. There's a lot of really fun practices that you can do and sometimes it's just about just slowing the breath down. Just a practice that we can do now is putting a hand on our heart and just following the breath through our body. So as it comes up, follow the breath through your body and breathe out. And put your hand on your heart and connect to yourself. Letting the to-do list go, letting everything in your mind go, whatever you need to do, all of your work things, they all need to go out of your mind and just settle your mind down and breathe. 
giving yourself that space just to breathe. Letting everything go in your mind. When the stories come in, don't attach to the story. When the thoughts are coming in, let the story go and just come back to your breath. Breathing deeply into your belly. When we breathe into our chest, we're we're running from a fight or flight state. We want to really delve deep into our belly and breathe. Keeping ourselves really calm, letting the stories go. Just following the breath through your body as it comes up and as it goes down. This is a practice that you can do anytime. Another one is box breathing, where we breathe in for four. One, two, three, four. We hold the breath for four. One, two, three, four. We release the breath for four. One, two, three, four. And we hold the breath for four. One, two, three, four. When we start that process again, breathe in for four. Hold for four. Breathe out for four. Hold for four. Breathe in for four. Hold for four. Breathe out for four. Hold for four. One more time. Breathe in for four. Hold for four. Breathe out for four. Hold for four. These are just two really small practices that you can do. Meditation isn't for everyone, but breathwork is. This is our really basic practices. I've done a 12-month sadhana with the Light Collective, and so I've got pages and pages of different breathwork practices um, that, that I can do with clients to really be able to connect to the inner self. Another one, Virata, which is um, just dancing around the room, turning the music up and shaking all of our emotions out of our body. It's a fun one to do with kids. Mm. Journaling, I highly recommend everyone gets a journal. For kids, I'd say a big life journal. There's a um, big life journal that you can order. And just really just just delving into how you're internally feeling because people can't do that work for you. You need to do it for yourself. Mm. Are there any strategies around journaling that you would suggest? Because I feel like people might just open a page and be like, where do I begin? You know, Should there be structure to it or should it just be free-flowing thoughts? Like, I know there's, there's lots of different strategies to it, but what do you usually suggest as a starting point? The starting point is really just getting whatever's in your mind out. So just starting about talking about what you did in your day because you know what you did in your day. So just writing down what I did in my day and how you were feeling during that time. So it's starting to get the emotions out of your body. And then if you don't know what to say, you literally write, blah, 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 this is really silly. I don't want to do this. This is really dumb. I don't like it. And get that out of your mind, but keep going really set that habit to just journal for 21 days and see what comes out of your mind. Start with just what you did during your day because you know the answer to that. And then, yeah, bringing in feelings, how you're feeling. And then there's prompt questions that you can ask yourself. How did that make me feel today? Was there a moment in my day that I felt triggered? Was there a moment in my day where I wasn't really self-aware? Because all of these practices are helping us with self-awareness. Because we think that they're one way and often we're another. We want to be something, but then we're, we're not. <laughs> mm. So it's just really having that element of um, feeling into who your true self is and being unapologetic for who that is. Because we all have darker and lighter elements of us. We tend to 
draw between, and I don't know, I have my whole life, is draw between the lighter elements, mm. but that's what makes us whole. Sometimes we can be stubborn and we can be impatient and we can be rude and we can be angry. We can be mad, we can be joyful, we can be happy, we can be sad. And all of these elements make us human. They don't make us a bad person, they make us human. And that's what I teach people in practice is that it's okay to feel. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have um, to make a mistake. It's okay because that's what makes you a human being. I saw you say something, I'm not sure if it was yesterday or if I was just trawling old posts, but I saw you talking about, um, you know, trying to help your son understand making mistakes and, you know, breaking down what that means. So he's never fearful of coming to you and acknowledging that he's made a mistake, you know, so he doesn't wind up in, you can probably articulate better than I can, but so in the future, he doesn't wind up like trying to hide his mistakes or be ashamed of his mistakes rather than acknowledging them. And I guess using them as learning points. Exactly. And we talk about, there's this beautiful um, quote out of the big life journal called mistakes for our mates. And we've mistakes help us grow. So all these little quotes I've been working with him for the last couple of years on not trying to be Mr. Perfect. And that's probably a fault of my own parenting over time before I learned these lessons. Um, you know, if, if a glass of orange juice falls on the ground, you make it this big hurrah, mm. like a kid made a mistake. They just dropped orange juice and look, just, just say, Hey, you made a mistake. So there's this beautiful moment with my son and we do so much work around this and have for a long time. And he's into Rubik's cubes. He can solve a Rubik's cube and he's eight. It's insane. Wow. And he brought one of them to school and he, it was his first day. He loved, it was a four by four and he loved it. He brought it to school and he came out and he just kind of looked at me and I was like, well, what's wrong, mate? And he's got it out of his, out of his bag. And it was in bits. I'm like, how did that make you feel? And he goes, it's okay, mummy. They made a mistake. Mm. So what we're doing as parents is we're mirroring behavior to our children. So if you're going to yell at your kids because they made a mistake, then they're going to yell at kids at school. They're going to yell at other people because they've learned that that's what to do when someone makes a mistake. Whereas if we stay calm, and it's taken me a long time to get into this place, and I'm Mm. not always calm, but it's... I take a deep breath and I realize that other people make mistakes too. And another really beautiful quote that my psychologist once said to me is other people's opinions of you don't matter. And that's a beautiful way of realizing that all that matters within you is your true self of who you see yourself, how other people see you. It's completely relevant. You just need to know that you're showing up as the best person that you can be. Um, because other people's behavior isn't a reflection of who you are as a person. It's a reflection of how you are, of how they are. So if someone's bitching and moaning about something, really just look into that and say, okay, that's their behavior. They've got internal triggers. They've had a lot of trauma inside and realize that their behavior has nothing to do with you. Mm. I saw a quote today that read, you, you glow differently when your confidence is fueled by belief in yourself instead of validation from others. Yeah, because we're constantly looking outside of ourselves for validation all the time, you know, and it's even with kids. Like I say to Axe, I'm proud of you every day no matter what you do. I do not need you to win awards. I do not need you. I am just proud of you for being a human. 
And as we become humans and as we become adults, we are always like, oh, does that person like me? Or if they said a nice thing to me, you need to be the person that says the nice thing to you because people, you are who you are, but that doesn't mean that other people are going to be who you are. And that's a really big lesson for me is that um, just because you're a certain way doesn't mean that others are like that. You can't put expectations on another human being to show up in a way that you you would show up. Mm. So they're, they could be having a bad day or they could be triggered by your behaviour or you just as a human just for existing for no particular reason. And they can really just be like not like you for some reason. But that's okay because that's got nothing to do with your self of worth. That's something mm. inside of them that they're working through. So just give them time and space. Somebody's not treating you with respect, disconnect from them until respect is shown because we're so validating on what other people think about us. What about if we just thought about how we are as a human? Yeah. I I think what I'm really hearing from you is that a really great starting point for people is to start changing the tune in their own mind about how they talk to themselves and yeah, one thing that people could probably resonate with is if you wouldn't say it to your best friend or to your child, why is it okay for you to say it to yourself? And I know you said that, you know, right at the beginning of this conversation, but I love that. I think that could just be a really simple starting point for people mm. to pick up on how they talk to themselves. Just witness. Witness how nasty you are. When you start to witness, you realise, gosh, I'm really mean to me. No wonder I don't have an element of self-confidence or self-love. It's because I'm horrible. So, And it sounds like from what you're saying that, that, you know, this has a huge potential to permeate to your relationships with other people, like, and of course, children being a, a really important relationship, but how you talk to yourself, you know, has the potential to really change how they talk to themselves and then the potential to, how they talk to others. Because when you think about it that way, it's like by changing yourself and giving yourself a little bit of love, like that's how we might create more peace and love in the, in the, in the world. Right? Yeah, and realising that people make mistakes and people say stupid things sometimes. Um, I know I, I, had, I, I had people insult me in primary school and I held on to that my whole life I had a year of 12 teacher tell me I'd never amount to anything in English and I held on to that that person I've had articles printed all over the world like that these these off-the-cup comments that people make they could be having a really bad day something that I get children and also adults to do is this force field is to put an imaginary force field around you and if somebody says something to you Imagine it's going onto your force field and going straight back to them because what they're internally projecting onto you is how they are feeling internally themselves. Don't take it on. Do not take on what they're feeling inside. Put your force field around you, just a little imaginary force field, and realize that other people's words and the way that they treat you is a reflection of their true self. Mm. So don't I can't believe you had a teacher say that to you. Yeah, I did. If I was yeah. your parent and knew that, I would just be like absolutely appalled. Or I am appalled that somebody could say that to a fresh young being entering the world. Yeah. It's but that person could be having a bad day and said mm. something horrible that they've projected onto me and other people. 
So I'm just asking people on this podcast not to take people's words as Bible. Just really just believe in who you are as a human. And I know that's much easier said than done, but the more self-awareness that we have about ourselves, the more that we connect to ourselves and our intuition, the more we realize how strong we are as a human being. I've gone Mm -hmm. through traumas to make me stronger. I'm now stronger within myself than I've ever been. But I wouldn't have had those experiences and I wouldn't be the human I am today unless I had those those really awful experiences at the time. But it makes you just really ground within yourself and trust Mm. your intuition. Mm. There's this little voice that tells you things all the time. There's a nasty one too. But the voice of the intuition, start listening to that. Really start listening to that intuition. I think another thing, and you might be able to help explain this um, a bit better, but another thing that I learned from a life coach that I worked with, oh, it must have been six years ago or even a little bit longer now, was do little things that help you to build trust in yourself so that ultimately you do know you've got your back and you do know you, you can hold your ground and you do start to really love yourself. So even if it's something tiny like today or like tomorrow my intention is to start my day with movement and to have a healthy breakfast to do that like if you set out to do something do it and just build up points of trust with yourself that you can rely on yourself yeah because nobody's here nobody's coming nobody's coming to fix you or save you you've got to save yourself And so waiting for that person to always come in and be like, oh, okay, this person's going to come in and everything's going to be amazing, you need to save yourself. You need to really have that level of safety within you to know that you can do it. You're never handed anything anything that you can't handle. And that's if it come to you, you are strong enough to handle that. You just need to believe in yourself. And so another really beautiful practice, and this is really challenging for some people, so I I do ask that you really see whether you feel that you can do this, but when was the last time that you said I love you to yourself? We are always saying I love you to everybody else, but when I first started this practice, I bawled my eyes out, bawled my eyes out. I would look at myself in the mirror and say I love you. And it was like so confronting at the time. It was like, what? Because that's who needs to hear it the most. Mm. When we say I love you to other people, we're giving out love. But your your inner self is the one that needs the most love. Mm. So eye gazing is what we call it, is just looking in the mirror and saying, I love you. Or in the revision mirror when you go to the lights or you can get your camera on your phone and just say, I love you. And it's such a powerful practice to be able to have that deep love within you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the next step even being, you know, looking at all of you and saying I love you, especially for people who've got, you know, physical insecurities, like look at all of you and, and say that. Yeah. Not just your eyes at times. <laughs> And there's this beautiful reel that's on Facebook and TikTok and it just says, when I was 20, I wanted bigger, I wanted a tighter bum. And when I was 30, I wanted bigger boobs. And then when I was 40, I was this. And and it keeps on going until you're 70, 80 years old. So it's really looking in the mirror and saying, hey, I had a baby. Yeah, my tummy's not as tight as it used to be, but that's right because I've created a human being. And when we're pregnant and 
I've written an article on this actually, is is realizing that your body is about growing a human during that time. And I know it's really hard to look at yourself and there's lots of changes, but looking at it and saying, hey, this body has grown a human being. Like what an amazing thing that it, that, that we can do with our bodies. Or if you've if you do exercise and it doesn't work for you, maybe you can try other forms of exercise that are kinder to you. Because I used to like, and I'm sure, Ali, this is definitely something that you can talk about. I would pound the pavement and pound the pavement and pound the pavement, and I was putting more stress on my body than I was. So I needed walking and kindest practices like yoga mm. for my body. Um, and that helped me gain an extra self-love because I felt like I was filling my cup up rather than working, yeah, you know, working definitely. out all the time. Absolutely. My biggest roadblock to starting yoga when I first started it, which, yeah, I must have started it about 2016 more seriously. You know, I always thought I don't have time to go and do that. If if I'm going to make time to exercise, I want it to be running or hit or, you know, something that's going to be a really worthwhile use of my time. And as I got into yoga, I just grew even more and more in love with it because I grew up as a child dancing. So everything I did was about other people, you know, on stage, how does it look? How am I performing? You know, am I better than the other girls or do I fit in with the other girls? And then yoga was this practice where no one looked at me. No one cared whether I could stand on one leg and put a hand up in the air. Um, So just this really great change in mindset to me being excited about being able to stand on one leg and put a hand up in the air and, being excited for myself with no one else even high-fiving me about those moments. Yeah, That's something really – yes, exactly. You learn to high-five yourself because there's no external validation. That's yoga. That, I, that's one of the things that always stands out to me about my yoga practice and I know it has the potential to change people's lives in other ways. But, yes, one way of helping you to um, – to build that confidence from within and, and not look outwardly for validation. I used to say, I can't do, oh, no, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible enough. Or I can't yeah. do yoga. Oh, no, I can't do yoga. It's like, well, that's the whole point. And, yeah. and I was like, no, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. And it's like, well, that's the whole point. We all start at a point and it's okay. Mm, like it's okay absolutely. to start and just stretch as long as you're in the room and you're making that that element of, time for yourself I mean how beautiful yeah no one else in the room cares whether you're doing it or just lying down in child's pose or sitting in child's pose looking at you and like you know and nobody's looking at you it's an internal it's an internal practice to help you dive deeper I actually close my eyes during during my yoga practice to make Mm -hmm. it even more deep yeah it's a really nice way of doing it so I really appreciate everything you've talked us through. I love that we did a breathing exercise just to help those who've never done it before get a feel as to, you know, what all the fuss is about when they hear about meditation and breathing. Um, I think you really helped to break down some barriers, which is awesome. Tell us about the 21 Days to Self-Love program. Is there one coming up? And if so, when? So the first, the next um, intake launches on the 1st of September. Um, and so it's a 21 day self-love program. So how long does it take to create a habit? 21 days. So each day we have a little activity. You'll get a little video that you can watch to keep you on track. You'll be part of a really um, beautiful community, a Facebook group, um, to keep you accountable. And we really just show up for ourselves and really show up for the human beings that we are. 
Um, and I'm we do I do a Facebook Live every week, so you're able to ask questions as a family and child counsellor and my life experience, which I think is is more than um, say my credentials. Mm-hmm. And you can just show up for you, and it really helps you learn more about yourself and give yourself permission. I mean, it's that thing. Oh, I don't have time to do that. Well, yes, you do have time. We make time. If you could not watch Netflix for one night and, and come and join us, the um, the activities every day are literally just five to 10 minutes. And it's starting to build those habits within yourself where it becomes a habit for you to wake up and make sure that your cup's filled up. Because when your cup is filled up, you are a much nicer human to the people around you. And otherwise there's levels of resentment in partnerships and in families and whatever it may be that we're not putting ourselves first. So this conversation today is just touches the surface on what we go into in the program and you're there to support yourself and have that level of support from other people and they're every day of the journey. So if you just go to www.jacinthefield.com um, backslash self-love, that's where the program is. And, yeah, it starts on the 1st of September, which is, yeah, less than a month next intake is it's really beautiful I will um it is a beautiful program I'll definitely pop links to it in the show notes and uh, you know someone who knows you personally you know um, for the sake of those who don't I would just say that whenever you're in your presence there is an energy and an aura which really does I think help me and others to appreciate that you do practice what you preach because it's this beautiful energy and you can't have that if you don't feel it you know if you don't have that energy for yourself and I hope that for everybody who's listening to this they can feel it for themselves make the commitment for you and if it's not with the program just do something for to fill up your cup and you're welcome to contact me I'm very friendly and I can give you little tips on tricks on on what you can do for you because you deserve to be the best you. Absolutely. Thank you, Jacinta. Much appreciated. No worries. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode. Now, before you move on to the next thing, get a pen and write down one thing that inspired you from this week's show. That one thing you know you need to go away and start doing differently. Please also remember that this show is not intended to diagnose or treat any health conditions. So if you need tailored support and you'd like to do that with me, please head on over to my website, nutritionally.com forward slash work with me, where you can learn what it means to work with me.